Hello. Hello, Merlin. How are you doing today? I'm very well. Good morning, Dan. Good How morning. How are you today? How are Good you? Good morning. Are I'm you? doing fine. You know, it's uh, uh, it's very cold here in Austin. Well, tell me about that. It's just like cold. I don't know what's going on. Hmm. Cold snap, you say? Uh, uh, I don't even know if it's a snap, but it's, what is it? Oh. Six, it it's in the 60s now, but like in the mornings, it's like, it's like... 38 degrees or something. That's crazy. the thing they don't tell you about the desert <clears throat> when you watch like Wile E. Coyote cartoons. Is it cold? I always imagine them yeah, pretty warm. Yes, apparently it's very cold at night. You need to still see. The suit. high desert. Do you, are they, where are they supposed to be? Arizona, Utah, where are they in supposed Dune? to be? Yeah, in Dune. Yeah, yeah. They're in, in the high, high plains of uh, Arrakis. Have you seen, I'm sure you've seen the recent Dunes, right? The HBO the new, one the new with one? Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, you've seen the 1984. I have. Dune, yeah. I don't know if I, I don't think Winston. I saw it in the theater, but I've seen it numerous times since. I watched that thing again. People are hard on what that movie. What a freaking wild, it's weird a, movie! It's such a weird. I love the. Like, um, it's so crazy. What's the guy? The Navigator? Is that what that thing's called in the tank? <laughs> yes. I love yeah. that thing. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's I. I say he folds. This with, he folds space. They, there's folders of space. Yeah. Because they got all... Gil, a guild navigator, I think he is. Guild navigator, because they got Max von Sydow's spice. <laughs> right. Um, I don't... <laughs> I say this with no, you know, velocity or valence, but, like, I'm personally not a, like... A, I've never read the books. I don't intend to read the books, but... I enjoyed I that. I want movie. to so bad. That's like the number well, one book I've wanted read to read. That long, I want it to be something like my kids reading Foundation right now, and I've been thinking like amongst other things. My kid just reads all day. Um, but Foundation was one where I was like, yeah, I mean, not not even just watch the TV show. My friends tell me that's like one of the best. Did you ever read Foundation? I have not read it. That's uh, Isaac Asimov, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And it's good. Yeah. You know, that TV show with the guy from Mad Men. Yeah, I haven't seen that either, but I heard that was great. What I heard on that, and I'm usually pretty resistant when people say this, they're like, you know, the first season's good, but mainly the first season's compulsory because there's so much world building and setup. Oh, sure. Yeah. That, but like that it's really worth it because then it gets good in the second season. But uh, I don't know. There's so much good stuff, Dan. Long books, boy. I, I, I can't see like I used to, which means reading Usually on an iPad, it's if I want to actually stuff they it. don't tell you about. I have well, like yeah, you know three what? You're different expected freaking to pick glasses. Yeah, you're expected to pick it up on your own, which I understand. Yeah. But like so many things in life, it would be nice if there was a little bit of coursework along the way to prep you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what am I reading right now? Uh, I just started, I'm spacing it, but I just started reading something interesting and kind of dense. I will go to my iCloud book collection where all of my purloined books live. Um, do you use, do you use, use uh, Caliber? Caliber? C-A-L-I-B-R-E. What does it do? What is that? Well, I got to warn you. For it, ebook management? Yes. It, it might be the oh. ugliest app that you personally have. Oh, ever no. Seen. You know what? You told me about this a yeah, long and time it's in ago. Python, sorry. <laughs> I know you hate it's, Python. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty terrific at like just throwing a you know, EPUB, a Mobi, a PDF at it, and it. What are you reading on? Are you are you reading on your iPad? Are you yeah, reading like on if a I, Kindle? If I'm reading like at, I mean, there's some stuff I just keep on there. I keep all my O'Reilly books on there and stuff. But um, I also, yeah, if I read at night, 
I got it nice and big and pumped up. Dan, last week, oh, you know what? Hang on, let's, this is a cause for celebration. Uh, this is the, you're inside of the week where I increased the type size on my iPhone. Oh, you finally admitted defeat. I wouldn't put it that way. I no? would say I finally accepted help. But yeah, <laughs> it's depending on how you have control right. center sure. configured, it may or may not. But if you see like a capital A and a lowercase A, you can press on that and it makes it really easy to either increase the size of type everywhere or just mm. inside the app you're in. It's really mm. easy to tweak and you can try it. There's not, you're not like committed to it. You can just see how it goes. But I find just 110% is a, is a nice improvement for me. I can't get my phone bright enough. My, my, kid, my kid's phone looks like the Haunted Mansion. I don't know how my kid sees anything. It looks like somebody like, like, a, like, a, like, a, like put Vaseline on the Haunted Mansion. I can't you see anything. You have to remember, you have to remember coding in nine point. Nine. Monaco. You know, Monaco and BB at it with a, you know, like I, I used to spend. still insist they mo- use years Monaco like 10. That. And I'm like, you're a liar, John Gruber. Ten. You're a liar. He says he used to, I haven't kept up with the, Gruber Cinematic Universe, but last I knew, he was like, yeah, yeah, I still use Monaco 10. I'm like, you're high. I don't buy that crap. That's I use, BS like, in, in Consolata semi-condensed, as you know, I think 19 or 20. Right, and I think that's like, reasonable. What, what am I I'm scoring? On... What do I win? What ribbon or trophy do I win by using a font I can't see clearly? I'm in JetBrains Mono, and it's at 16, and that's a con- 16 is a compromise. It depends on your resolution. Like, today I had something to do that That required- does matter. I had something to do that required, you know, two windows side by side on my laptop. Mm-hmm. And so I, I rarely do this, but I went into display and hit the giant ass one, like where you get more real mm-hmm. estate at the cost mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's incredible how quick and easy that is to do. And it's, it is really handy because there's some, I mean, most of the time on my, what, 14 inch MacBook Pro, I'm f- 16, I don't know what it is, but you know, it's fine most of the time, but there are times where it's like, I really would like that real estate, you know, more than anything. And yeah. then you could jack it up inside the Safari window if you have any trouble seeing it. Like there's many ways to come to this. There was a wonderful, there's a, a podcast I, I really, really enjoy um, called Under the Radar. And it's underscore David Smith and friend of the show. Oh, David's a friend too. But um, friends of the show, underscore David Smith and Marco Arment. And it's a half hour show where they talk about issues around development. Sometimes they get really super into the weeds. And then other times it's more about like just being independent, you know. And the the last episode is called 52, I remember off the dome, 52 Roles. And David Smith, uh, who makes all those apps you love, like Pedometer Plus Plus and Widget Smith. Uh, ask your kids, they'll know. Um, he, uh, he sat down one day and I I find this utterly credible. I utterly believe this. David was like, I need to do a quick look at like what it is that I do. Meaning, I mean, I know that my job is to be an Apple developer and make mostly iOS apps, but Mm -hmm. I want to look at all the roles that I have to do in my job. And he came up with 52 and I absolutely believe it. If you Mm. include stuff like having to change the light bulb, which you do, if you include stuff like dealing with accounting, if you include stuff like marketing, developer relations, all those, there's all these things outside yeah. of Xcode. Sure. That, but Dave, the uh, episode before last was really interesting because David w- had a really interesting lesson that I think about now. Can I, can I say this real quick? Yeah. Yeah. This is, <clears throat> I'll see if I can find it for notes. But he was talking about how like he really wanted his new version of Pedometer Plus Plus has gotten some really nice changes. It does great stuff where if you like to do like 
waypoint stuff on your watch, you can do stuff like put the area on your Apple Watch and like be able to like no matter where you go, you can access it. It's really cool. But um, he had tried to be really cool about this and go like, hey, look, you know, I want to make sure this is accessible for people. So he set he didn't do a fixed size. We learned from Zeldman, you don't do that. He didn't say like 14px or anything, but he did a fixed size. Anyway, long story short, what he realized was to make it truly accessible, it has to just work like other apps. Because the way that other apps work, QED, is you just drag down from control center and increase the font size and Bob's your uncle. And like if the thing is, you could say, well, is that really discoverable? And you're like, well, if you're somebody with issues like mine of being able to not see, not being able to see it, small sizes, you ought to discover it. But you know what you oughtn't do is screw up the rest of the population who does know about it. Ah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, because that was a big deal. And when I read the Orange Book, Zeldman's Orange Book back in the day, because I used to be, because I was on a Mac, I had to do right. so many hacks oh, around yeah. Explorer, as you know. Back in the day, it used to be Netscape you had to do the hacks for. But like, do you remember? Like, I don't, well, you, this might be before your Mac days, but wait, you, you've always been around Apples, right? Yeah, I mean, but, yeah. But, but I was, like, but I like, do you remember in like say nineteen ninety eight, like? the type size for Mac users on Internet Explorer, it just looked so ugly. It was so small. It was so weird. And I yeah. would try to make stuff that looked good on my screen. And then other people would be like, oh, this looks really odd. And so I got out of the 14px business. Right. I got more you into the, you could do M's, you could do percent. I, don't, I haven't kept up with this, but that ended up being a much better solution for everybody. And then responsive web design comes along and it's like, glad to be out of that racket. Woof. Because I love, I love responsive web design. I, I live by it. It kills me when I'm in some, like my health provider's app is just a garbage web view thing that is it's just like buttons don't work or, or like hidden. There's just so much stuff where they over-engineered it in the way that oh, we yeah. would try to in the early 2000s. I mean, and, the way that I would summarize that entire thing was for the longest time, designers tried to design for every browser in existence. And then eventually... Someone web or standards, baby, web standards. The, the community founded by web standards got to the developers and said, you know what? We're not doing that anymore. The and, browsers and so need to catch up with us. You, you never, obviously, you never could have had anything like Web 2.0 with right. the same confidence, being able to do the sort of confident things that, that I picked up in whatever that was, 2002 or three from Zeldman. I mean, again, that book, that book changed my life. It really did. And, and you know, that idea that, like, I saw somebody the other day talking about using an ID on a span, and I was like, in my day, that would have been bananas. <laughs> I, not a span. I'm sorry. I, I, I put that poorly. He did an ID on, like, a selection as against a span, right? So the span was not, like, yellow or something. The idea, An ID is meaningful. Well, did I know that before? Kind of. I always knew because I'm not trained in this stuff. I'm, I was in, I'm entirely self-taught at everything after being 22. Um, right. But like back in the day, it was that, um, you know, you would have to do so many things to make it work, you know, for different people. And then like, I don't know, I'm not sure what my point is, but I, learning that the Octothorpe what we think of as the hashtag thing, the tic-tac-toe, learning that an ID means something. There's one I, when you have an ID, you only get one of those per page because it means this spot on the page. It's not just to jump down to the next H3. It's a way of saying things inside of this 
ID that's meaningful. Like we can now do stuff with that. And at least to get my back, but my understanding of what made Web 2.0 or I guess Ajax in particular, let's put it that way, that Ajax was really enabled by a lot of people putting web, web standards to work in a way that took it beyond accessibility, which thank God, but also to then be able to say like, we can have really, we can have layers to this now. There's like a presentation layer. There's a functional layer. Like we, I can have somebody over here working on the way the website looks and a developer over here figuring out how that connects up with the HTML. And then, you know what I mean? Like that was a revelation. And then an app like, like Flickr in particular comes along yeah. and you're like, yep. this is better than any desktop app I've used in the last two years. No, I totally agree, and All you're totally right about everything. Is my point. All because of web, so much has changed because of web standards, and the people who work like tirelessly doing that. And now, of course, like unless you were there for that, you either you either had no idea what was going on, and things just no, got because better. we treated it. I mean, even if you never opened up Cyber Studio front page, page mail, even if you never opened those up, I think it was still very reasonable for non-technical, like the non the non-John Syracuse of the world. You just thought of it as web design. We called it web design. And it was like, make it look like this. Have the picture be here. You got your CNET left rail over there. You got your hidden pixel up here, your invisible one pixel you know, trick. Like all, all of that stuff like existed to make it look a certain way on the page. And then there was a layer that got entered in later in between. But then it was like a deeper part of the stack. One of the people in the in the air conditioned room was down there doing CGI bin stuff or whatever, and you just had to make a page that loaded. That was it. And that's, that's all you had to do. But the functional part, so much happened, and so many subsequent layers got added in between. This is before we ever get to stuff like Bootstrap. Before we get to you know, I mean, even like uh, what React or Node or any of those JavaScript things. As you know, Dan, JavaScript used to be a way to make a Super Bowl countdown clock on your site. Right, that's, that was there the main use We had that and you had it. Shockwave and, and you were grateful <laughs> for it. Shockwave was for the five-minute flash uh, presentation thing ahead of, of, ahead of time, right? So you'd get to the page and it would... Yeah, Shockwave you know. is like, I've, at least for me in terms of user, like opinion, like it's what preceded Flash and it was the way that my band... Yeah could put very low resolution MP3s on our site and then have a playlist that people could click through. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That yeah. was kind of revolutionary in 1998 that a local Tallahassee band had a page with Shockwave stuff, you know? Very advanced. Done, done by the ugly guitar player. Oh, mm. that, guy, that, that guy was so cool, the ugly guy. Yeah, we had a good webpage. I'll find it on archive.org. I should start writing these things down. Archive.org. It had a monkey on it. And a monkey on our webpage. And I had a really good FAQ. Yeah. You know, had photos of the band, <laughs> had a gallery. We didn't have a guest book. We weren't really ready for that yet. Bacon Ray. Bacon Ray. <sighs> so I guess that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, that's it. Oh, button it up. Um, Let's do it. I'm open to anything. I, I have one thing that's like not in any way germane. But I'm tittering with delight about something I bought, which is unusual for me. Yeah. So that's the only thing I got. What do you got? I have a ton of stuff. Oh, let's do yours. A ton of stuff. Okay, I, amaze me. Whew. We don't, do we have a sponsor? 
No, but we're going to have a bunch uh, I, I, starting she, she, yeah, next but, week. But it's not performative, Dan. I'm just asking. Because yeah. I, I would like to put more ice. I've been up for a while, and I'm doing a lot of stuff with computers today. So if you permit it, I would like to to take 20 seconds to get more ice and then iced yeah. tea. What do you yeah, do, do while it. I'm gone? I J-chill, you know, just the rags. J-chill? Yeah. J-chill? What that mean? Just, you know, just Oh, chilling. J is short for just because just takes too much effort. Yeah, I don't want to type the whole thing out. Oh, I see. Is it one word? You know? Like JSON? Yeah. You got a fast way to turn JSON into HTML. Probably a Python I, library. I don't have a okay. way to do that off. Okay. Than, um, yeah. Can you stand by for 20 seconds and I'll be fast? Yeah. Okay, stand eyes. by. Sorry, Let's everybody. This is very unprofessional, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, actually, I'm just going to file some papers because I'll be editing this out, so... We can do whatever we want. Do whatever we want to do. And I'm back. You know what I miss, Merlin? What do you miss, Dan? I miss... Uh, simpler times? Simpler times when Home USB cooking. was just one thing, huh? not 10 different. <laughs> Although I really huh? like, you know, like there was something I, well, about. Like, and to, to jump on your point, what I miss is when whatever number of bananas connectors we had out there. Yeah. Yeah. Like for better or for worse, nobody loved daisy chaining with, you know, um, SCSI or whatever. SCSI, yeah. You got to sure. make sure you terminate right. We're trying to get your right. zip. Your zip drive hooked up it really had to yeah. be zip in particular really had to be hooked up in the right order yeah but you could pick it up and go this is a scuzzy 25 male this is a just scuzzy 50 no. female yeah the, the part that if i could just tunnel into what you're talking about is like i love thunderbolt i love USB-C, but it does drive me and this is not a new topic i've heard this on two different podcasts just this week we all complain about it but it is maddening whatever the standard is it's very difficult to know what you can expect from your cable even if it's labeled and it's usually not if it's got a lightning bolt and says four on it you're probably gtg that's what that's yeah. why i say j chill you know yeah yeah but you know what i'm saying isn't that it's it's completely crazy and i have been tempted to buy one of those devices like an idiot like you can get these for you know ethernet cables or whatever where you plug it in and it'll like tell you the capabilities of the cable oh yeah yeah because boy are they ever different you know and it's it, the thing i think the thing that confuses me and a lot of people is a thunderbolt cable looks exactly like USB-C cable for the most part for practical you purposes it is the same you know glancing from, from a user it, standpoint it, if you have pe if you have people USB-C and a thunderbolt 4 and they're not labeled i defy you to guess which is which yeah, and the other thing about that is the, the Thunderbolt cable works just fine as a USB-C cable. Yep. But not the other way around, yeah. of course. Yeah. And I, I love the USB-C format. I think it's great. And in the in the past, we kind of, there were there so were really- so much more durable. There's so much, just the, starting with the most basic one of, there, you don't put it in wrong. Right. As opposed and there to were, the 50% really chance with USB-A. We really had like two cables. We had USB cables, and then we had- in quotes, an Apple cable. And that was first a 30 pin and oh, then it I was see, yeah. lightning. And so it's like you had two kinds of cables to navigate. You had USB was, and you had Apple. iPod was briefly initially FireWire. 
And then that's right. I you're loved, right. iPod, the original. They I were a Firewire the 400, Firewire right? For, for Fire. I mean, the, I had the. But there was a time, Merlin, a yeah. golden age, a gold, the salad days. Yes, where no one was using Firewire really <laughs> anymore, and we just had USB, and we had and the Firewire in that case kind of looked more like a display. Yes, it was a yeah, square thing that looked like an open a square open mouth. But like, if you can do everything over one kind of cable, like Thunderbolt, and you can, I, my display is hooked up with Thunderbolt, no problem, it works great. And my, you know, everything else is pretty much USB-C now, except my phone, because I have an older phone. Yeah. So I still have to have that one stupid cable. And like, that's to me, like, one, I was talking to a friend about this recently, is that like, for me, one of the big reasons why I'm down to upgrade things is to just make my life easier. Like, yeah, my because you phone, need, this happened to me with my old cheese grater, where if you remember, for two full like dot, like full revisions, whether it was, I don't know, Lion, it was some big cat or big country or big California. But like for two full revisions, I was using a hack to let me keep running my cheese grater. And oh, really? honestly, the thing that kind of pushed me finally over the edge was the ascendance of USB-C. And I realized as much as I love my cheese grater, by cheese grater, I'm sorry, by cheese grater, I mean a 2007? Our listeners know what Mac that Pro. is. But like it was the ascendance of USB-C in part that was really and Thunderbolt real, like real Thunderbolt that was holding me back like I could still run most of the software I needed with this terrible blessed hack that I was using but which I never felt great about but I needed it right like but like it was honestly that that's when I started to feel like I'm not just left out it wasn't a FOMO thing it was more like <laughs> right. the devices that are available to me right now are very narrow if all I have is basically USB A, USB is is USB B the one that you used to use in like or like right now the one that's you know the square one that's like plugged yeah. into. Yep. It's just it, it's such a madhouse. But what's crazy is like USB I did, B USB B is what most people think of when they think of the weird printer connection. Not all the way parallel mm -hmm. ports, not that that's far a good, back. That's a good but, example. Yeah. But like the only device that like really used that port was either a printer or a scanner or like a thermal printer for printing labels. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, I, like, I don't know it. F all about like what it's for. I do know that my USB Pre 2 I'm speaking through right now has one. Mm. But... Um, I think what's going to be interesting, and I have to confess, or I guess confess, that I, I got a this new... This is where the safe space here. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, um, I did get a new phone, and it is nice that it's USB-C, but what that tells me is, if you think it's complicated now, wait a few months, because you've got iPads. There's people right. who are going to get acclimated to you, the USB-C lifestyle, and I think the confusion that needs to be cleared up before it becomes a big problem is like, well, pretty much at this point you have two kinds of things, mostly I think USB-C and Thunderbolt, which mm -hmm. look exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to get confusing and complicated and potentially very costly for people, especially if they don't know what it is they need or potentially what it is that they'd benefit from. Why will this run one monitor and not two? Why will right. this charge? But like back, I remember back in those horrible days with the, the Android style parallelogram, whatever that one was. Yes. Um, that I should know the name for that. Uh, 
mini max nano whatever it was but like that's going to get real confusing and costly for people if they don't know how to get the benefits of their device with you know with the cable they've got so like there are as you're talking about that i'm thinking also about like different input devices as well and you know things like track like apple sells you know a the magic trackpad yep and which is is still lightning it's still lightning yeah that's where i was going and and it's so annoying because my 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 six hundred dollar headphones uh are also (laughs) like i love i love them to death i use them yeah i use them honestly three times as much as i expected to i bought it because i was having a bad day and i decided i needed a treat um and uh i love them i sleep in them because they're so slim but that's mm-hmm. i know that's not you know that's an app that is as, as oh, oh okay says. pause 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 sleep sleeping speaking of that that's a big topic that i wanted to talk to you about I'll today sleeping all right things like, but one of the things that i wanted to lead up to since you're talking about devices charging things like that so now I have this Apple Watch Ultra 2 and it's amazing and I love it and I don't feel like it's like I'm not a huge person and it does, but it doesn't feel like it looks big and the not at all the not at all thing and you wear it and it's not what it does is, is make the, all the other as we say every couple of weeks it just makes every other watch seem ridiculously rinky dink in size right right difficult but difficult to you difficult but the problem is I can't with this, with this thing on like I don't like sleeping with a watch that's this size. I don't like sleeping with it on my wrist. So I was wondering, like, do you sleep with that one? Do you have another, do you have like an older Apple watch that you just use for sleep? How does that work for you? What are you doing? Absolutely. I mean, if you want to cut the baby in half, you have some Google hub devices, right? Right. If you're comfortable having that in the bedroom, you could have that near your bed. And it does a surprisingly good job of of tracking sleeping inside Google health or whatever it is which you okay. can sync up that, that, that's one if you want to just try it as an experiment i don't mind having a watch on at all i wear one all the time which i never did previously what i've got is well the one i know is the apple watch ultra one i got I don't know, a year ago whatever and i've got then my previous apple watch Right. So like if I if I if it's important to me to like be tracking, I can have a can watch continuity <laughs> while yeah. one's charging. But um you know, as, as most people know, as again, uh, underscore David Smith taught us this a long time ago. Really, if you just pop your watch on the timer or excuse me, on the charger, when you take a shower or when you're making dinner or just find 15, 20 minutes twice a day, you'll be yeah. fine to sleep in it overnight. Yeah, I do sleep in it, it doesn't bother me at all. I have a CPAP mask on. I have headphones on. I look like I'm in a German fetish magazine. I've got so much gear on. But, um, and God bless y'all. I know you love chapter markers. But, um, but um, yeah, I use that. And then I use auto sleep, um, you know, which works alongside Apple Health, you know, native sleep tracking. That's what I do. I have been, for the longest time, I kind of, you know, was like, well, you know, what am I, what am I tracking? I'm just tracking workouts. It's like I'd wear my watch and I'd go to the gym and I'd time it and work out. It's like, whoop-de-doo, I tracked a workout. But for me, where all of this kind of came together, listening to you over the years, but then really getting to the point where I realized, you know, that there is still a lot of stuff that I can do to improve like the quality of my day, for example. 
And I've, you know, of course you notice if, if you've worked out or if you have an exercise program or you do martial arts or you, whatever, you know, you're doing something that keeps you moving. You realize, well, you know, if I got, if I had, when I got that extra 15 minutes of sleep, I felt so much better, or I could do an extra, that, that last rep wasn't as hard. And like, or, who, and who writes, who writes that down? Like in a journal. Yeah, you're not going to you're not really going to write that stuff down. You're not going to be able to remember it. And also like the tracking of those kinds of details, like for the longest time it just seemed like people and you know, when I was doing it myself included, but when I would hear you talk about it that it was like well, you're tracking it for the sake of tracking it. And my biggest thing that I would tell myself is like what's the point? I'm I'm already doing It's a very sensible question, Dan. It's not a dumb question. Well, like working out, like I was already working out as much as I could. You know, I was I was in the well, gym. You know, like, like, well, you wouldn't buy like forty air quality monitors unless you're a nut, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> and I think the implication for some people is, what would I ever do with that? Well, I just downloaded three gigabytes of all my Apple Health data to send to a doctor. Right. I got all of that out of Apple Health. Like every every Kinza thermometer, you know, fever check every. Every night of sleep, all my walking, all that stuff. That's why I was asking. I've got to figure out how to do JSON to HTML for my doctor. But, um, but no, it's you. You don't need it. But I'm always more than happy to make a case for why it's worth doing. If even though it seems like something you don't need, what, what was your revelation? Well, for me, it really came down to there's a, a project that I've been working on in my spare time, and part of this project it has to do with like taking kind of integrating the different aspects of your life and what you do and the importance of like, for me, like I'm 51. So, you know, you can't take your health or fitness for granted really at any point in your life, but you certainly can't. And you you can't just perpetually patch something. It's the thing is at some point in life, your house will fall down, but before your right. house falls down, it sometime, someday, if you stay there long enough, will need a new roof. Right. And most of us are in the stage of life where we're putting down a bucket because the rain will go away soon, which is a totally understandable <laughs> pattern that I have done my entire life and I respect. I'm not trying to say go out and be healthy. What I am saying is it might be beneficial to realize that you will have an easier ramp up to whatever the future holds for you if you have an infrastructure in place for knowing where you've been and then a way to track how things are going as you go up that ramp. Exactly. Exactly. Which is not, which is, I think is really, again, and I forgive everyone who thinks it's weird to want to do this stuff. That's totally okay. Um, it's just that there, there is benefit to that. The, the big pitch I always try to make that I won't go into at length is like, how does it hurt you? to have that data. If it's not inconvenient, if it's not a privacy invasion, if it's not those kinds of things, well, like data doesn't hurt title. It just, (laughs) it just sits there in a JSON blob until you need it. And then you do stuff with it. And my excitement for the future always, as you know, for the last five years, my excitement for the future is all that data that I've been picking up with absolutely no effort. That's more data points to correlate as the apps for doing that get better, mm-hmm. let alone being able to say to your doctor, well, here's what was concomitant at that particular time that I didn't notice. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yes. not saying you do it for that reason, but like you can do it for your own reasons, which is like, I'm glad you sleep well now, but as people get older, they sometimes have trouble sleeping mm-hmm. and get, you know, getting old is not a death sentence. Dying is a death sentence. 
But like, if you want to have quality of life, it can be useful to have all that stuff there unless you feel like it's harming you. There's no reason not to do it. The The world, it's almost like how, how I plan to start shooting my videos in that format that'll work with um, uh, Vision Pro. It's like, yeah. I don't want to be future proof, but I would like to be at least nominally future resistant. <laughs> nominally future resistant, yes. So you're looking at something like a holistic life integration kind of approach? Yes, yes, exactly. Because my friend who's, he's really into all of this stuff, like really, really, really into it. Self-quantization. But yes, but there were a handful of apps that he was using that he showed me. And when I saw how, so the way that I think, and I'm I'm sure that all of our listeners are going to just roll their eyes and be like, duh. But this was like the, the, when, when this kind of clicked for me. So you remember how, when the health app first came out, like everyone was like, this app is stupid. It doesn't do anything. Well, if you think of the health (laughs) app, that's me in the journal app, right? Yeah. It's stupid and it doesn't do anything. I know. But like, if you look, if you look at the health app, yeah. And you think of it more today, it has more features, but if you really just think of the health app as a database engine, it's yeah. MySQL, it's PostgreSQL, it's SQLite three, whatever you don't interact with that directly. You have stuff that works with the data that it collects and health is simply the place where all of these things that you do in your life get recorded. And then other things use that to create magic. And so there was a couple of apps that he showed me that both of which I've started using. Well, one in particular is called Athletic, A-T-H, I'll put these in the show notes, A-T-H-L-Y-T-I-C. And so what this thing does is it looks at everything that you do. It looks at your sleep. It looks at your training, working out. It It doesn't have like food and what you're eating in it. But it's more about like workouts and things. And it shows you something that we as humans, I think human beings are really, really good at recognizing patterns and attaching things, uh, attaching meaning some, to things some that, patterns. that, that don't patterns have Sometimes patterns that meaning. aren't even there, but it's, it's very- Well, exactly. Yeah, like well, one thing that comes to mind, like you want your electric bill to be right each month, but you probably don't need to every month look at- the ups and downs of the meter through the day and what the rating was for that time of day and all that kind of stuff. Right. But you do want, if you do want a correct bill, that stuff all needs to be right. They're not, mm-hmm. they're charging you for the electric, not for the tracking. And with that stuff, you, you can, you can choose to go overboard. Like personally, I'm not criticizing, but just personally, I'm not a food diary person. I Neither have I. been at various points and boy, has that ever gotten better? Especially if you eat poorly. If you eat very poorly, you're good because every menu item in the entire world is in there. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> but like that, that is kind of a pain because you do it manually for now. There's mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But like just the, what I call, I don't even know if this is a term. It's something Alex said on Dubai Friday one time. And now we just use it like we know what it means. But what, what they call ambient computing. Like there's just stuff going on around you. You're not directly interacting. You're not Haywood Floyd, like checking in to the space station at a terminal. But there's stuff around you all the time that's like doing stuff, collecting stuff, analyzing stuff. And that can potentially help you make slightly smarter decisions about, back to your point, patterns you didn't or cannot see. And <clears throat> those patterns, and and specifically like that history, taking that and looking at it. So like, for example, this athletic app, here's what it says about me today. Well, your recovery is high. You didn't sleep well. 
if you're training today, consider training in a moderate or reduced load. And so what it's looking at is my recovery is 82%. That and is how like quickly this, you return to like your resting heartbeat? To not, not your resting heartbeat. It's like how much energy you have, how much exertion you could do, how much energy you've burned, how you slept. All of this stuff is like recovering after a workout because, you know, your muscles need time to rebuild and blah, blah, blah. So what this is doing is basically looking at that and saying, oh, okay, like I can, I can tell what it is that you need to do or that you're not doing, uh, all of that kind of thing. And so it's, um, oh crap. I just messed something up. Hold it sounded on. like you popped a little there. I know. No. Oh, Jesus. Mama said there'd be days like this, Dan. <sighs> <clears throat> Athletic. That's a cool name. Hang on. This is the dumbest thing in the world right now. Oh, my God. We'll keep it short. No, Athletic AI fitness coach. So it's really focused on All right. activity. Now I'm, I'm back. Okay. Um, so... What this thing does, let me make a note of the stupid time on this 1228 for me. All right. So what this will do is this will look at all those different factors. It'll look at how you slept, how much energy you burned, what your workout was like yesterday, the trends. And that's something that it's really well, good yeah, well, at watching. Can we just briefly, I'm sorry, just super briefly. Let's, let's separate that though. Like yeah. it's, if you wake up and you go like, Jesus Christ, what happened? I feel like I was up all night. That's so crazy. <laughs> right. It is super handy today in what my doctor would call an acute way. <laughs> it's handy to be able to pop that open and go, oh, I see why. It looks like maybe there was, because your Apple Watch can tell you how noisy the room was. Were right. you snoring? It'll probably tell you. Like There's right. all that stuff, but the big thing that I know you know this, but the big thing is, yeah, but how does that compare to the past? And what tends to precede the things that we then notice as a problem or something right. that needs amendment? Yeah. And you can get in-depth information about the workouts that you've done. Like you can look at it and it'll say you were aerobic for this so much, anaerobic much for this much. So you did, much detail. You know, for, during your rowing, it was, we consider this light effort because you did certain amount of beats per I'm minute. I'm going to show the amount of effort, like when I was on this particular hill, given these particular conditions. Mm -hmm. And on top of it all, Apple Watch now auto detects bike riding which is crazy. The same way it can auto-detect a work, it better than other workouts, in my opinion. If you forget to turn it on, it probably noticed that you're riding a bike through a yeah. series of observations that are frankly quite clever. Yeah, and if you think about what that is, it's like, what would you know about being on a bicycle? Well, it, it, it can't really tell for sure that your legs are moving really, but no, it can detect it's, it's, a certain kind like of motion. Like, I, I bet it's GPS. Yeah, it can detect. It can detect amount that of you're effort moving. versus how fast you're moving. Yeah, right. right. And the, and the speed that you're moving. It's like well, all of a sudden we're not getting. We're not. We're, he's moving, but we're not getting the vibration of a of a footstep. But yet he's moving, and he's also moving much faster than he should be able to walk. And his heart rate is up, and his elevation is changing. Must be on a bike. Yep. And it can detect when I row. It'll automatically say, are you rowing? And then, yes, start a workout. And it, of course, the, the, the smart people at Apple said, well, when, when this kind of horizontal movement is detected repeatedly and a heart rate is going up and you're not tracking any foot movements and there's this other kind of vibration, they're probably on a rower. Yeah. And so I remember way back in the day when the Apple Watch would give me, when I was standing at my standing desk, it would tell me to stand up. 
and I remember people were saying like, is that, oh, how does it do that? Is that barometric pressure or something? I, I do, have no idea, but it was stupid because it would tell yeah. me to stand when I was standing. And yeah. then Apple Watch 3 came out and it, it knew the difference. So there was some kind of new sensor or something in there. But like Athletic is really cool because it basically shows you how ready you are. And there have been times where I've gotten like a horrible night's sleep and I was tired from the day before. And it'll actually say like, you really shouldn't work out today. Or if you do, do a really light workout or something like that, which is kind of cool. But the, the amazing app is called, and I'll definitely put this one in the show notes, it's called Rise Sleep. Okay. Now, of course, all of these apps, you have to pay for a subscription, which like I get it. But what's amazing about sleep, because like sleep is the one thing, like I can, I can I'm you, you really you good. Weren't there, you weren't there for it while it was happening. <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah. Like I'm really good at managing my time during a day. I'm really good. I know when I'm going to be productive and, and like how my mind works and the times of day that I'm good at doing X, Y, and Z, all of that stuff. I can, I can manage my time pretty well. I also am good at like time boxing and time blocking and all of that stuff. I can manage my food pretty well. I know what I need to eat. I know how long I can go without food. I know if I want to do an intermittent fast and all this other stuff, like I can control this stuff. Like you say, I'm awake for it. But what? But sleep is like this elusive thing because sometimes everything can seem to be right and you get the crappiest night's sleep. I, I mean, other with, times with you get a good sm- night's sleep. I don't know if I have sleep apnea, but I definitely snore, but I don't know that I snore. The only way right. I know that my I snore is when my beloved wife is like, God, you're snoring. That's why I right. got a CPAP. Like, right. I, I, it's, it's such a maddening feeling, though, because I almost feel like Jekyll and Hyde or something. We're like, I have no way of knowing if I'm snoring until you wake me up and tell me. Right. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, the, that's the most blunt example that I can think of. You get, then you get into more subtle things like, well, do I feel like crap today because my alcohol intake was higher last night? Well, guess what? If you're using an app, whether it's a blood alcohol monitor, there's blood alcohol monitors that work with Apple Health. You can enter right. things manually. But like, you know, how would it know? Oh, that's right. I, I got my shot. And that's why I'm Logie in my arm mm-hmm. hurts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. It's difficult so this, to do that on your own natively. This app is, is I'm give, giving it my um, app of the year award. Rise. Oh, dear me. Already. Rise sleep. Rise sleep. And so basically, here's what it says for me. It tracks your sleep. It also tracks your workouts. It tracks your activity during the day, all through health. But what it does with that data is so freaking cool. It basically gives you something called your energy schedule. Oh, I'm okay, so this. Oh, today boy. my energy schedule is great. It shows 76%. And it says, listen to this stuff. This is so badass, Merlin. You yeah. can look at your energy. I'm going to send you screenshots. But so it says total sleep time. Uh, was at six six hours and thirty one minutes. That's based on phone movement because last night I did not wear my watch right. uh, to sleep. Then it shows it so actually that, shows that ding you, you might have just heard was me getting rise colon sleep tracker. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> so the um, my morning peak energy it actually maps this out. It learns over time what your days are like, what your sleep is like, what you your exercise is like, and so it shows my morning peak happening at like starting at like nine and peaking at around 1030. And now I'm actually right now in my afternoon dip, I am at the peak or whatever the, the what's the opposite of the trough, the trough of the afternoon dip right now. And so it says your body is going through a period of lower energy, a rest cycle in your circadian rhythm. And it shows that there is no change from yesterday. And it's just stuff like HRV things to consider. 
want to boost tomorrow, add a walk in your dip or browse more options. You can browse other options. Dip, it says what to do. Yeah. And it'll say, it'll say use your dip to improve your health and get an energy boost because you could exercise during the dip. It says reprioritize if you can. Knock out the most mundane tasks from your to-do list during this. Reach out to a friend. That's Nap saying, if you can. I, that's a coach I could use. And then it says sleep debt. Low sleep debt makes your energy dips higher. My evening peak is going to hit right around 6.30. And have you ever found that like, wow, like I get this like, surge of energy in the evening. I don't know why. Well, it also helps you because I really suck. Like if an app is like, go to bed now. Like I'm like, you know, screw you. I'm not, I'm not going to bed now. Yeah. Well, this thing you actually got, you gotta, is something. You got to really manage how much you want that level of intervention because, you know, there's so much you can do, including with focuses or foci, as you say, where you could say, <laughs> for example, automatically for me to get, there's some things that my Apple watch will only do if I'm in sleep mode. Like auto sleep will tell you, like, I could get this thing from you, but you've got to be using that sleep mode thing. It's just that for a lot of us, until we become perfect, we will not be going to bed at exactly 11 p.m. And sometimes that scotches the deal. Exactly. And so what this, this takes that into consideration. So it shows you a wind down time period and it shifts that based on when you woke up, your energy levels in the day, whether you worked out or walked or whatever. And so your wind down time, it'll say your brain is sending signals to your body to prepare for sleep. So it has my wind down time starting at nine, going to nine forty seven, And it's what's really cool. It's like, do something that winds you down, put your lights into night to yourself in yeah. light, night is, shift. We're mode. playing the greatest hits now, right? Yeah. Right. And then, <clears throat> but it's true. Then you have what they call a melatonin window and it has figured out hmm. when my body is starting to produce the melatonin that's going to make me go to sleep. It's the optimal melatonin time when you will fall asleep and stay asleep. And it pegs mine between 947 and 1047. That's what I get. And that then is, after that is... If that's, if that's accurate in it's any so accurate. way, it's It's so accurate. And it also will tell you your sleep needs. So you can tell it how many hours of sleep you think that you want. And like I told it, I want to try and get seven hours because that would be amazing if I could get seven hours. Yeah. And... Yeah. It, it, it will change. So like if I do, if I were to go on a workout now, or if I were to, you know, have worked out earlier or do something later in the day, that might shift and it'll give you a little notification. Say your window shifted three minutes earlier or 18 minutes later or whatever. And so there's all these tools that they give you where if you want to schedule something, you can find the best time of day based on the activity that you want to do to do that thing. So it can actually tell you this is when you should work out or this is when you should have an important meeting or this is when you should block off time to write code or whatever. Yeah. Um, it can do smart alarms, which I haven't really been using. It can monitor your sleep quality. If you want to plan a boost, it'll do it. If you want it to help you stop doing something at the right time, it'll tell you when you should have alcohol or not, when you should cut off your caffeine so that it will wear That's off in time for you to aggressive. go to bed. Yeah. It's so good. Good. It's so good, and it shows you your progress. I'm running through the wizard right now. It's a beautiful app. It's so cool, and I love. And by the way, this looks beautiful on the iPad too. It's great on your phone, but it looks really, really cool on the I iPad. I love that Apple Health is on the iPad now. Yeah, if, if yep. folks don't know, so good. So I love this app. This is a great app. It's a great app. Sleep easier tonight. Okay, I'm gonna come back to this. Um, that sounds like a very good one. Uh. Uh, you got to pay for it. It costs money. That's fine. Um, yeah. But, I, I but like, I, I'm fine with that. Like, it's really helping. So I'm okay with it. Yeah. 
Well, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, like, yeah, I think that you've said plenty. Um, but like, for example, there's one called, I'll tell you two apps I've discovered re- fairly recently, one older. One I discovered very recently, just because I like this person's toots on Mastodon, is an app called Chronicling. Um, and it's, I, God, there's a part of me that whoever is makes Datum, what's the guy's name? The guy who makes the visualizations each year. I love Datum. I use Datum, D-A-Y-T-U-M. Yeah. I assume you can still start a new account there. I pay for that too because I want it private. That is, that is a, just, it's just a way to say like, I can't even fully explain it, but like if there's stuff you want to track, like let's say I smoked a cigarette. Like you can enter in cigarette. You can even say what brand of cigarette, whatever it was. You could say, I drank water. I drank this much water. Or it could be stuff like I did meditation or like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be health stuff. It could be anything. It could be, I wrote this many words today. It provides multiple ways to track that stuff. And then multiple ways to see it visualized mm-hmm. as graphs. It's, it's just a beautiful site. And that's like, cool. I wish somebody would give that fellow just a big old bunch of money to turn that into a real app that can could work with Apple health. That's not what it is. Like that app's been around forever. And I doubt, I doubt for now that it has a giant bright future, but I crave it everywhere because if I am tracking something, I really, I really want that. Well, along comes chronicling, um, which I guess I'll put into notes as well. Um, and that it's, it's for that kind of tracking, but it's for iOS and works with Apple Watch, and you get a widget. And boy, are widgets becoming important to me. Like, I don't want to have to open an app to say, like, I had a drink or whatever. Chronicling lets you just hit a button, sort of like with Tally. You know, it'll just, like, add this to the thing. You don't need to look at it. You can come back to it later. It's not a perfect app, but if you're looking for something for just tracking stuff and having it work alongside Apple Health, Health Kit stuff, you can do that. Another one that's really interesting and that will proceed a request from me um, at a time when I realized it was found out I had high blood pressure. I needed to start mm-hmm. um, watching it. I wanted a way to be able to just spit out almost all my Apple health data into something sensible, um, which I'll end up doing for the thing I'm sending today as well. But um, it's called, it's not perfect. It's the interface is a little bit janky, but it's called, I want to say heart. Is it heart work? No, that can't be right. Damn it. What's it called? I thought I wrote it down. Heart, good app, bacon race, sleeping. Ah, no, I'm not going to find it. Stand by for just a second. Yeah, no problem. Breaker, heart, trauma, kingdom, hearts, heart of stone, heart reports. So this is on the app store. I'll add it to notes. Heart reports, um, which is for exporting. Go to, um, just search for heart reports on Safari and look at the page. You'll get the idea. And especially for heart data, this sucks down all your Apple Health heart stuff, plus other things, including blood oxygen, blood sugar, blood oh, pressure, cool. sleep, and spits it out as a PDF. Oh, you can so, just walk into the dock with that yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, I, I can't go into it, but I'm in, I'm in the midst of a health thing right now, so I've had reason to, like, learn a lot about this stuff. Sure. And uh, I'm just hoarse because I've talked a lot. It has nothing to do with my voice for now. Okay. But, um, uh, and to, please, please don't worry. Um, but, um, <laughs> I mean, you could worry. I don't care. But, like, uh, I think stuff like that is great. So heart reports, very cool for getting stuff out of Apple Health because Apple Health's interface is like pretty frustrating sometimes. There's a lot about it. Once you get a lot of data in there, there's stuff you that seems like something you'd want to be able to correlate. For example, my Wythings blood pressure cuff um, tracks my blood pressure. 
it currently, for the past mm, two years, has had a huge problem syncing with Apple Health. There's some fixes for that, but they all suck. If you have a decisive way to fix that, that's request number one. Right. Uh, hot dogs ladies on Mastodon. Um, <laughs> but the but the other thing is why things work why things scale. Blood pressure, all that stuff. Like I said, Kinza, the people who make my smart thermometer, like that all just goes into the, when it works right, it all just goes into the app and it's all just in there. And I just want to keep hitting this one drum, which is there are patterns that you didn't, won't, and can't see. Mm -hmm. Believe me. Like maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but there may come a time when you're pretty glad to know that, oh, it looks like my temperature was higher at this time and that now becomes important. Um, So... But my question is, like, I like heart reports. It's cool for what it is. My question is, uh, and I love your, um, well, the app you just sent me, which is called Rise. Rise. My question for the listeners is, if you are an Apple Health HealthKit nerd, is there an app that I'm missing out there that starts on an iPhone but gives me more options for viewing and exporting my Apple Health data? Like, I'll give you one. So I was in the hospital for three days last week. Don't make a big deal about it. And they check my, my blood pressure constantly, right? I also check my blood pressure at home. Well, those are different things. One mm-hmm. of those is readings from a physician, which goes over in that labs section that nobody ever looks at. And the other one is blood pressure that's like blood, blood pressure, weight, pulse, all of those things that you use your dingus to report on, that mm-hmm. does not automatically correlate with stuff that's in your lab results or your vitals over in that other area. Right. Well, fine. Maybe that's, you know, it's probably a little bit of Wild West that any of that works at all. I'm currently logged into five different healthcare providers to be able to pull all that data down. But my question to the audience is, our friends, our listeners, you, we happy few, we band of brothers, is have you any suggestions <laughs> for things that let me do start with Apple Health on iOS and an app that lets me, yes, see data, look at data in interesting ways, but also be able to potentially export in different ways. Mm. If anybody out there has a go-to, Hot Dogs Ladies on Mastodon. Because, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just real interesting. I guess if you're a person who has one that comes to mind is diabetes. I guess this could be true for T cells. It's probably it's you know probably true for a lot of different kinds of things. Um, it's it's you need a way to track that kind of stuff unless you've got one of those devices from MSNBC they tattoo on your arm. Like you want a way to be able to track all that stuff. But then the being able to correlate that personally can be very informative. Being able to review that and correlate it through a professional could be i'm not trying to be scary guys but that could be a good thing i personally am really grateful that my data health data hoarding has been happening because it's actually been really helpful in diagnosing this that's very cool it's very cool so if so uh, what are the two things i asked for um uh hey somebody give datum lots of money and the other one is if you have uh, good things apart from heart reports let you export stuff let me know about that and you're just not a sleep, a watch sleeping person. Well, like I want to be and I have, but might, like I'll you might, find. You try it just a night. I have tried it. I've tried it. I'm going to keep trying it. Um, but that's what I was kind of wondering. Is like, physically to you? I feel like I just am aware of it because yeah. it's a bigger 
watch and i still sleep like i still sleep but i feel like i don't don't do it as well and it affects you know affects my sleep debt if you're you're interested maybe grab one of your hubs these are you know fairly inexpensive things at this point yeah and i've checked it it's far from perfect but it's not a camera it's i'm gonna say like lidar i don't know how it does it i don't know how it tracks my sleep and i'll be honest with you i sleep with my wife i don't know how it tracks me (laughs) and not her but it seems to. Yeah, how, how, how would it do How that? do it know? And then there's stuff how that will like know? help you. There's some. There's this whole crazy class of apps that are all about snoring. And some of them are, are hilariously Rube Goldberg. But there are apps where you could actually point your phone at yourself. And when it detects what it thinks it's snoring, like you can look at video of it. There's stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff out there. But in some ways, I do feel like Apple Health is kind of a sleeping giant. You know, it's, it is, it's really, it's potentially really powerful. It's the understandable limitations of using Apple health on an iOS or iPad OS device. Understandably, most people just want to go in there and see what their pulse is or whatever, right? It's not very easily conducive to munging a bunch of data inside of it. Exports take a very long time and frequently time out, um, but like, I mean, currently that's kind of not what it's for. But what's neat is like I'm trying to share that data with somebody who is a, a green bubble and I can't, so I need to send it as a document or something. But what's cool is if your medical professional has an Apple ID, you can just, I did it with my wife. I did it with my shrink. I just flipped on sharing and now they see everything I see for as long as I'm comfortable doing that. That's so cool. And I realize that's not a full solution for normal people, but if you have an Apple device and they have an Apple device, especially if they're a little bit of a geek, um, there's a lot they could get out of it. I love the idea of the sharing, being able to roll into a doctor office and be like, hey, here's like everything about mm-hmm. my life. You can well, just Well, I can just it. say, I mean, just given my experience in the past week, um, the data may be there, but the way I would describe where the data is is somewhere. Like, you know, like I just had a check-in with a doctor this morning and who's using like four screens. It was a remote doctor and like looking at all this stuff. And I was like, of course, I said what I've come to say all the time. Now, would it be easier if I gave you like a one-minute gloss on how we got to here? And right. then for some just general context, and then maybe gives, you know, just give you some context for what you're looking at and answer any questions you have. But for somebody like my shrink, who's a bigger nerd than I, than I am in some ways, he eats it up. And he's able to go in and say, yep, this thing's going up, this thing's going down. This is happening in a way these enzymes are different than we expected and blah, blah, blah. Here's what that means, you know, because he's a libertarian. He's not afraid to kind of quickly say things like, here's something we can probably mostly rule out. It's nice to have it there. And I, I'm so not trying to scare anybody with this. I'm trying to make a case that probably doesn't need making on this show. But this data is valuable, um, even though it doesn't seem interesting or important right now. I mean, for me, ultimately, yeah, I hope it helps my health. The other thing is I just want to find out patterns. I want to learn that, like, at this time of year, I feel – and remember now, we have emotional tracking, for example. It's not very sophisticated. But we have it's, – it's better than journal. But we have emotional and well-being tracking inside of Apple Health. So if you want to be keeping an eye on that stuff, you can totally do it. And maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. But folks out there like me, maybe one day, wouldn't it be neat to know this particular bout of situational depression happened 
in this context. Oh, I was out of town. I was not drinking water. I mean, I can't promise you that, but like there's a benefit to that now and in the future, even if it just seems like fiddly geek stuff right now. I love this stuff and I love learning about it. And for the longest time, like I said, I was like, what are you tracking it for? Like, what are you going to do? I can't work out more than three times in, in the weightlifting gym. And I can't, yeah, that's what intrigues me about this. I wonder what kind of like, like, yeah, there's so much more to it than that, you know? Oh, absolutely. So like auto sleep is my main, I I used to use sleep watch, but I I was subscribing to so many things. I finally thought, okay, I auto, auto watch is the one that eventually makes sense to me. First time you use auto watch, which is an app for tracking sleep with your watch. Um, it will. It is very unintuitive. The way that it presents information is impossibly unintuitive until you understand the, I think, fairly clever way they're trying to give you a, a breadth of information with a screenshot. Like, you could look at, like, here's how much sleep you got. But, and, like, the big one for me or for some people, a lot of us have trouble, have no trouble getting to sleep but then wake up and sometimes have trouble falling asleep. That's what my wife has. She'll f- fall asleep the instant she gets in bed, but then she'll be up for an hour. And she doesn't love that. So you can see things like where there are skips and gaps in your sleep. But mm-hmm. then they also do this pretty clever thing, which is in, I believe, approximately 15-minute increments. It shows you how deeply you were sleeping by the darkness of a square on top of the thing. And it's on a clock, sort of a clock face, so it's really confusing at first. But once you get good at it, you could open it up and go, whoa, I don't see enough dark blocks. I was not getting deep sleep. It's also tracking your pulse, your blood um it's a blood oximeter like it's keeping track of your blood oxidation um it'll keep track of the noise which sometimes becomes a little overwhelming but you because you can look at a chart that's got so much stuff on it i wouldn't call it chart junk but it walks right up to the edge so much stuff how has your hrv been on waking over time what is they they call it sleep fuel rating Mm -hmm, or something like mm -hmm. that but it's it's really great to look at all of that stuff and Again, just, I'm, forgive me, I, I'm self-conscious about this because I don't want to sound like I'm like sh- wagging my finger, but if it doesn't cost you anything to do it and you don't mind wearing a watch, it might be handy. As good as your sleep is through 2024, there might come a day in 2026 when it would be nice to have something to compare it to and to see a pattern that you, again, did not, would not, and could not see on your own. So data, data good, daddy say. (laughs) I like the data. The other thing that, um, oh, you know, I have one more, I have one more thing. This is kind of a abrupt, abrupt shift, but I did want to mention it. So I think I told you that the last time that I went on a trip, that I didn't bring a laptop with me, that I just brought Yeah, yeah, yeah. You only brought your, your, your iPad Pro with the fancy typing and mousing cover. That's right. And so I did this again <clears throat> recently. Um, and I actually uh, just, I'm really loving this. I'm loving well, this Well, you did a second thing. trip that way and it worked out okay? Yeah, it worked out even better. And so the one thing that was really interesting is I realized, so like certain planes, you know, how you wind up, like I, I travel pretty light. I travel pretty light. I still travel pretty frequently. And so I've got it down to a science and I, you know, I, I do the one bag kind of thing when I'm traveling for like up to like four and nights. And you like I people to know how to interact with the TSA at the, at the scanner. I do. And the other thing that's, that's important to me is, you know, in the mm. past, like I would have a backpack and I would have the wheeled bag, but 
you know, a lot of the reason that I had the backpack was because I had a laptop in it and I had the, all the junk that goes with the laptop. And with the iPad, I'm like, I don't really need all of that. And in fact, I can take You can mostly the, get by with a USB-C charger. You really can. And mm-hmm. so I, but at the same time, there are a lot of planes, especially if you, you know, certain seats, you can never tell where you may not have the space underneath the seat in front of you or whatever, depending on where you're sitting. If you're lucky enough sitting. to get a window seat in an exit row, like you might have the equivalent of the wheel well there. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that thing where you like, oh, dang it. I actually got like half of a holder. So I thought, you know, maybe there would be something that I could get to just carry the iPad in that would be like a thing. And like also a lot of the time, if you're going to a meeting, you don't need your whole backpack. You just want to carry it. But you're like, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not the kind of, but like I always see people doing this whenever I would visit an office, you see people walking around just like carrying their laptop in their hand, like walking around with it in their hand. I'm like, I'm sorry. This is like, I'm not doing that. It's like I put a case on my iPhone. I'm not going to. So I found something that was very highly reviewed and I decided to try it. It's called the TomTalk portfolio case for iPad Pro 12.9 inch, 2022, 2021, 2020 protective sleeve with accessories, pocket carrying storage bag for iPad, pencil adapter, hubs, cables, magic keyboard, fit surface pro 12.3. Did you mention whether it has a pencil adapter? Uh, it is just a case that you don't fit your iPad. I know that you don't fit your iPad into in the way Mm. that like a regular case attaches to it. it. This is a, it's like a bag. I thought it was in notes, but I'm going to put it in again. I'll do it right now. It says, yeah. Okay. It's there now. 41 bucks, 41.99 to you. Not too shy. And it is a case that you put your oh, iPad in. Oh, look at in, that. Right? Okay. Oh, I, okay. So what Dan is describing here is one of those cases, like like I've had a bunch of these over time, cases that have like those clever, like here's all kinds of ways you could put your gear in here, but it's got the flap. It's got a pocket to put your iPad in and it's got a flap with little places to put all your different stuff, depending on yeah. what you have. That's a very clever idea. I see and the pencil works, adapter, Dan. I see it. It works really well. I, I was actually really impressed. You throw that in your backpack when you're walking around. Yes, mm-hmm. and or or you don't need a backpack. You just have. Wait, this you carry thing. it around like a monster. This, well, look. There's a there's a handle on the side of it. You have a handle on the side of it. No, look at the handle on I the side it. of the thing. This is beautiful. It's I great. And forty one ninety nine fits a magazine or a Kindle inside. If you're crazy, you know who made this? Tom Tuck. So basically this thing has solved this problem. So I can put this thing in the front of my wheeled bag when I get onto the airplane or when I'm about to pull you it out, just grab that out. Wheeled yeah. bag goes up top. Oh, I see what you're you saying. So backpack, thing. if you, if you're fortunate enough to get room for your backpack overhead, that goes right. in your little uh, seat well area. That's right. Sally seat. Well, that's terrific. <laughs> that's a great that's pick. Right. Great pick. It's a good pick. That's my pick of the day. I'll talk about mine next time. I bought a Sonos product, and I'm unbelievably happy with it. Which? Well, you've got to tell me which one. Well, I can't do it now. We're out of time. I'm tired of talking. Oh, I'm tired of talking. I got I got a Sonos Beam, and I just want to be super clear. I did too. I'm not recommending this to. Cool. I'm not recommending this to everybody. What I am saying, and I said this to my friends on uh, Slack, is like it really solved the problem that we had, which is for different reasons some preference, some physical malady, we want the dialogue, the voices and stuff to be super crystal clear, bright and present, which up till now, not to, not to 
dither here, but like up till now we've accomplished that wonderfully, that particular part with our LG TV that I adore. I adore it more every yeah. day. My God, watching the last episode of the Gilded Age, the latest episode of the Gilded Age on there, I was like, I was like the photography, uh, whatever CG, whatever, but the photography yeah. in this episode, there's a scene that involves fireworks and it, it, everybody in the room was like, whoa, that looks amazing. I love my two-year-old, whatever it is, LG TV. And it has like those, it's got a pretty easy WebOS interface where you go in and say like, I want this, like I want sports for you, or I want cinema, like for, for video. For audio, it has one called Clear Voice that just mm. is so addictive. If you're like me and don't hear particularly great, um, you turn it on and like it really pushes the high mids up. And everybody likes that one. But B, why does my kid like that one? Because my kid, like a lot of people, does not like big, boomy sound. By which I just mean my kid just sits around in AirPods all day long. Kid's probably deaf. I can't even tell. But <laughs> but like every time I want to, and this is a running bit on Reconcilable Differences, is a running bit on Mastodon for me, which is like, oh, God forbid, I try to make it feel like we're watching a movie while we're watching a movie. Mm -hmm. This is why my test movie for any audio change ever is always Mad Max Fury Road, because I know how I felt listening to that in the theater. It was one of the top theater experiences I ever had was seeing Fury Road on, in a pretty good theater. So I know what I know. My name's Black. My name's Max. My life is, you know, what does he say? Blood and fire or whatever. Um, and it sounds so freaking good. But my kid instantly, I try to trick the kid, right? Like, oh, I'm going to run it through two little HomePods in stereo. Why is it so right. loud and boomy? Okay. I try to run it through just the HomePod with bass reduced. Why is it all so boomy? What did you change? Go to hell, you little creep. I set this thing up, took a few minutes, did the HDMI arc, set it up. I only, I'm only saying this because I'm giddy that it fixed a problem for my family, which is dad wants there to be more than just the sound of a high-pitched voice coming out of a nickel speaker on a TV mm. without it being, admittedly, annoying that it's loud. And I love the beam. I was listening to Revolver yesterday. My kid and I were listening oh. to Revolver on it. Nice. The, the super high highs on it are so freaking crisp. It's just, you know, that's where you, to me, that's always where I notice things like remasters is like what an acoustic guitar sounds like. You know what right. I mean? It's not like I don't I don't need you know, I like I like I like high frequencies and I cannot lie. I don't I don't need big butts. <laughs> um no. but but still and then you still can tweak. It's pretty basic tweaking, but the most basic tweaking is how do you do highs and highs and you do bass and treble. But and then on top of it, it's got two things that are really cool. And one of them is sort of similar to the new thing on Apple TV of speech enhancement, where you know there's that little button when you're on the screen on the right, and it'll turn on speech enhancement. And I really hear the difference, personally. Like, yeah. it really says, let's bring everything down and get the center channel moved up. And then right next to that, something that's a little bit more dramatic that I'm still getting used to, which is nighttime mode where you could say, like, bring everything down, right? You don't have to worry about, you know, you, you, maybe you flipped on reduce loud 
sounds and stuff like that. But still, it's pretty yeah. great to just be able to go, hey, I don't want to wake anybody up with Mad Max Fury Road. So keep <laughs> everything toned down. If you're right. out there and you like being able to hear what things are saying, what people are saying, but like don't want it to sound like a, a 7.45 Atmos blow your head off system, like you don't want to look like the guy in the Memorex ads, like uh, for 500 bucks, I was really impressed. I was expecting to have to spend a grand to get anything near this. And you like yours, is that correct? Love it. I uh, had you I had am, others before? Can I ask? Yes, I th I threw in. I've had four. I've had four I've other. Thrown ones. I've in like on Sonos in a, in a, in a big in a this big way. This is a way. trend, Dan. I think this is a trend. And I have so I've got when I moved into this house, it had a handful of pre-wired ceiling speakers. <laughs> oh right, yes, I've right? this. Yes, and so like I wanted to put sound into those things. I know that there's other things like there's something called an Eve play that'll let you do certain things like that. What and was I, your thing I, though? What was the funny thing where like you were going to have, what were you going to have to buy to repurpose it as you wanted? You're going to have to buy some kind of like a junction box or something that was like $600. Ugh. Yeah. Well, I did buy it. It's um, and it was like five, 600 bucks. It's <sighs> basically, sucks. it's like this Sonos amp that allows you to connect multiple speakers to it and basically just powers them and Damn, puts that them like on the network. That sounds like rent seeking to me. Yeah, I, I probably I could it. have. I probably could have done it with something else, but I wanted to just once and for all <clears> have like a whole house kind of a unified system. So I've got that thing which powers all of the ceiling speakers in all the rooms of the house. Then I have a. Um, I forget the name. You know, I should. That's it's like dumb. I got a speaker. I have a Sono speaker that it's the one that they always pair with turntables, which I paired with my turntable. Oh, wait, 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 tell me about that because I'm I'm gonna upgrade my kid's turntable. All oh right, my god, put on. it in notes. Oh, hang on a second. If you want to talk about, I think turntables, my kid would use his turntable more. And I'm always like, I'm always like, Dad. I'm always me, and I'm always like, Hey, you know, uh, holidays are coming up. How you feel about your turntable? And it's like, he doesn't have a great way of listening to it. And he's utterly resistant to me going, well, do you want it to go to Bluetooth? Do you want it to go to something wired? Like, how would you like to listen to this? Just normal yeah. questions. And he just buffs it off. But if I could go in with a full package, oh, I think I'd yeah. be a hero. No, you, you totally can. He's got can. all the so Beth's albums on vinyl. Every Beth's this, album. Every one of them. That, well, that's impressive. Expert in a dying field. Yeah. Do you like the, the Beth's? Uh, you should listen to the Beth's. They're very good. The one that you should get yes. is called The Five. The five. And it Is has there a show on Fox. Yes. It has okay. stereo separation. But what's so cool about this is if you put it like horizontally, it's two speakers. Oh no. If you turn it on its side, it becomes one and just plays it in mono. It's so very cool. Roughly the form so they've got that one, I think it's called the Rome. That is a portable yes. speaker. You're saying this has roughly the form factor of Well, here's what's Alexa? genius about this thing. Yeah. Uh, no, it's bigger than that. But it means it's got uh, flat it's, ends. Yes, but here's what's amazing about this thing is you plug your your turntable into this with a line in. Yeah, yeah. It which is unpowered. Right. As we all remember. It turns <laughs> as, you, as you learn as a kid just plugging stuff in you realize why is it so quiet when the record That's plays? Right. It's unpowered. It turns this thing into beautiful sound through this speaker, but it will also allow you to stream with this as the source through all because of the other speakers Sonos. in your house. Yes. <gasps> so you, oh, I have my, be a hero. I have my turntable sitting in the front room of the house. I can just go in if I want to sit right in front of it and listen like, uh, you know, like we used to in college, then you can, but 
it can also stream it through the entire rest of the house on all the other Sonos speakers. So not only the ones that are in the ceiling connected to the amp, not only the old Sonos one that I have in my bedroom, none, zero. Uh, There is a setting that you have to tweak in the Sonos app that basically tells it. So technically there is a tiny, tiny few milliseconds of latency that I cannot tell. As long as it's the same way everywhere, I'm cool. It is. And you can listen and including, you can also have it come out of your beam and your sub and all the other stuff throughout the whole house. It's genius. Could we please return to this? Yeah. Because I I, I don't want to, God, this stuff is a little bit costly and having already gone mostly in on home pods, Dan, I'm going to tell you something off the record. We're done, right? This is off the record. Um, Yeah. No one can hear this. Dan, I don't know what's happening with me and Siri. But oh, no. I am very close to the end of my rope. It oh. basically can't get on the internet. I, I don't know what is wrong. It seems fine. It gets updates. It can answer questions, roughly speaking. But it can do all that stuff. But as soon as I ask it to do practically anything, I get that three-part like, still working on that. Um, this is taking longer than expected. I couldn't fail. Couldn't get, I failed because I couldn't get to the internet. And it's like the value of the Siri ecosystem, that part of it, is hugely uh, diminished. QED also is hugely diminished if you lose confidence in the ability to talk to it and have it do things. So, I mean, I feel a little bit at this point like I've thrown kind of good money after bad sometimes. I've enjoyed the speakers, but they're hot garbage for – they're fine for speakers. How frustrating is that, you know? It is really frustrating, and, like, I always return to this because I think – these companies and these platforms need to acknowledge this. People don't like feeling sad and stupid. And when these devices don't... In your Apple Music library. You can ask me to play a radio station or ask for your music on a different... <laughs> That's beautiful. Was that... No, that was probably Google. Hey, Google, who's the mother of dragons? According to fandom... Now, see, that's English. It must be a different one. Hey, Google, stop. Google, stop. Hey, Google, stop. <clears throat> not mad. No. I'm not mad. I mean, it works, it works fine. It tells me how tall, you know, Gwendolyn Christie is, so I'm not yeah. exactly sweating it. Um, can we please return to that? I don't, I'm yeah. not at this juncture today ready to spend thousands of dollars on Sonos stuff, but... I hear so much, especially from, I got to admit, friend of the show, Casey Liss, who is uh, always talking about, not always, but frequently talks about this on ATP. And like the life that he has enjoying music on Sonos speakers sounds Mm. a lot more um, satisfying than the life that I have, like screaming (laughs) at Siri all the time. It's just, how's your Siri experience? I mean, do do you, you don't get the internet thing, right? Yeah, I haven't really done very much with Siri because my use anymore. of voice stuff has gone down, down, down. There's so it much has. stuff where it's I just so go straight. I go straight to my phone. There's one where like I have stuff where like I've got routines or like you know basic stuff of like, hey Dingus, turn the west lights off, which I do right. every night. Which turns off all the stuff in the lounge where I am. It turns off the stuff in the kitchen and the nook, and it dims. It turns off the hallway. That works pretty okay. But that's what makes it weird. I don't understand why some stuff works and some stuff doesn't. Do I have a certificate problem? Like what is, I don't even know where to begin troubleshooting. I can't get on the internet for some things. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I, I've, you know. Hot dogs ladies a, on Mastodon. <laughs> Hit me yeah, up. Yeah, right. Hit them up. 
Hit them yeah. up. Hit them up. Hey, I think we've given the people a lot today. And uh, Dan, I want to say kudos to Dan because we're <laughs> recording in several different ways today um, than the way we've been recording. And uh, there's been a lot of weird interruptions and hops and jumps in, in the recording. And you've handled it like a gentleman. And so uh, have I, if I'm being So honest. have you. I have too. I'm a very sick boy. Um, but mm-hmm. right now, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Marlon, man. Oh,